Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits, and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience, and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others and check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. Like it or not, new international business expansion depends on travel or it always has done up till now. Maintaining and growing existing businesses too. Whatever one's definition of international business, whether it's export, import, outsourcing, licensing, or operations of any kind in other countries. Sure, there are a number of established ways that one can do many kinds of business in other countries without leaving home, selling online, using local distributors and agents and so on, but without actually going there seeing and understanding the market for oneself and making face-to-face contact with local people that one needs to work with. A company will, at best, miss out on many of the best opportunities and, at worst, risk reputational and financial damage. Well, international travel will, at best, be disrupted and, in all cases, difficult and more problematic for at least another year. There'll probably be fewer flights on fewer airlines, so there'll be more need to make connections. Airport routines will become lengthier if they weren't already. So door-to-door journey times will increase a lot, maybe by more than 100% for short-haul destinations, and it will all be more hassle and leading to wear face masks and with limited in-flight facilities, probably a lot less pleasurable too. So... Probably a lot of people won't want to travel, at least for a time. And it's even more probable that their partners and families will try to dissuade them, even if they do. As I talked about in a previous episode, there's a real need now to reimagine every business to make the most of digital media. We've all of us all over the world got used to video chats using Zoom and Skype, messaging using WhatsApp participating in webinars, and shopping for everything under the sun online. So why can't we apply that to international business? Why do any of us need to travel anywhere on business anymore? On the face of it, e-commerce companies selling physical products can sell internationally without traveling anywhere. As long as there are no regulatory issues, the company can cope with any documentation needed and currency and shipping aren't issues and that returns and refunds can be managed efficiently. Arguably, then there's no problem. However, even with all of those bases covered, there's the issue of marketing and advertising. Those have to use media that local people will see and adapt to the local culture, including willingness to buy from an overseas vendor. The product itself might have to be adapted. If you have a range of products, you'll certainly find that what sells well in your home country doesn't sell as well in another but there's a market there for things that few people want to buy here. The easiest route is no doubt e-commerce trading platforms like Amazon and Shopify. There are many, but it's reasonably easy to find the best ones for each country. They're not necessarily the same the world over. Each of them is likely to have a tie-in with a favoured logistics provider. It's a route heavily promoted to retailers, 
whether or not they've used e-commerce already in their own country. In fact, it's even promoted here in the UK by DIT. Obviously, they have a mission to increase exports, but be warned, you're likely to be led to vendors, advisors and a platform who are paying for the privilege of being recommended, who won't know or care much about your product and even if they do have experience in the country you're aiming to reach, are very unlikely to have an insight into your particular market. It's not always an ideal solution. The marketing and administration may all be done for you, but all these platforms charge vendors significant sums. And obviously, one of the first things you have to do is assess whether you can generate sufficient profit selling at a locally competitive price. There's also a big risk that your products will be lost in a sea of competitors, similar or identical products, or seemingly identical. For example, I was looking on Amazon today for something I need and found literally dozens of pages, each with, I don't know, 20 or more seemingly identical items, all sold by different vendors and all appearing to do the same thing. Guess what? I chose the cheapest one from page one. But if you can't go and check out a country for yourself, it's at least a first step. Most of the business people I talk to myself, though, don't sell physical products. Like 80% of the British economy, they're in the services sector. You can't sell a service on Amazon. Some services lend themselves to overseas sales more easily than others. It's easy to see how one can export an architectural design or perhaps some legal services without needing to travel, or at least perhaps only going out a few times. Much less easy to sell financial services or some kinds of training without being there in person. And most hairdressers and local accountancy firms don't even contemplate doing any business abroad. And perhaps they can't. But let's face it, the architects, the engineers and consultants who might have sold their services abroad before are now going to face big challenges to maintain and grow their business. Those that haven't yet started will probably now not even consider it for at least a few years. They'll have too much to think about at home. Such businesses, though, are likely to be missing a trick or two by closing their eyes to international business. While those that have done business abroad in the past shouldn't be giving up just because their old business model no longer works quite as well as it did. Now is the time to reimagine every business. That's the word, reimagine. Every business owner knows that they need to make changes just to succeed in what we're calling the new normal. But social distancing shouldn't need to mean having to reduce the number of customers you serve or deliver services with fewer resources. Let's not allow what happened to drive all our businesses downhill. It's true. All around us lie news of companies going into administration or laying off staff or downsizing in other ways. But that doesn't mean it has to happen to you and your business. You can grow internationally. Growing internationally means adding additional markets and additional opportunities. And before you think I'm leading off on the same old tack as before, yes, I know that business has been terrible or non-existent for the past few months and that you've been hemorrhaging whatever cash you had and that you certainly don't want to start making big investments in anything, let alone overseas markets that you know little about and don't have the time, never mind the money to work on. And you can't even go and see them. Maybe international business really isn't for you and really wouldn't help. But you still need to take the opportunity now to reimagine your business. What does reimagining mean? And what's its purpose? And how do you go about it? Well, let's start from basics. Obviously, you want to protect whatever business you currently have and can maintain 
from your existing customers. And from that perspective, the changes you need to make are solely those that enable you to continue to deliver your services or products efficiently and profitably in the new normal. What I'm really thinking about is thinking ahead to growing your business or even just getting it started if you don't have any significant customer base yet. Then, if you're a founder or an owner, you'll need to start with a blank sheet of paper or at least one with as few constraints on it as possible. What things are you good at that you love doing that others want and will be willing to pay for? Just concentrate on those for now. Let's face it, you'll never be successful selling things you're not as good at as others. Nor will you be happy doing things you hate. You want your business and yourself to be seen as the best there is in your specialist field. My own experience is that you need some independent outside help to get you thinking really clearly about this. There are specialists out there. You may have listened to an earlier episode of Grow Through International Expansion a few months ago, where I talked with Dan Simmons of Propelia exactly about this. If you didn't catch it, please do find it on our website or app and take a listen. You also need to think about how you're going to sell those services in the future. As I was saying at the start of this episode, the lockdown has really given a fillip to digital media, from Zoom conferencing to social media, webinars, and even podcasts like this one. These media can all be used very effectively and very economically to help promote and grow your business. They can be used to attract new customers, build your corporate and personal brand and influence, and of course, to sell your services and even deliver some or all of them. You'll also need help to apply all these digital tools effectively. There's a lot that you can do for free, posts on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other platforms. But even if you've got good, engaging contacts to post, you still face the issue of getting the audience that you want, your potential future customers, to see it, engage with it, and react to it. Otherwise, as I can tell from personal experience, you might as well be writing or talking to yourself. Then, even if you can still do all this digital media promotion yourself, you need to go on doing it week after week. That's a lot of work, much more than most people realize. And getting minimal engagement can be demoralizing at best. It takes time and a lot of experimenting to get it right. So you need to contract help. Now, you can buy that quite cheaply. There's dozens of outfits offering ongoing social media packages for just a few hundred pounds a month. However, unless you're absolutely certain of the quality of your media and just want it out there without really caring about the quality or quantity of the people who see it, it's a waste of money. And in my experience, those companies upgraded packages that cost double or triple their entry level a little better. But I've talked about all of this on another podcast before. Let's get back to international expansion for now, and specifically selling services, or for that matter, goods, in other countries using all these digital tools. Selling services and goods that aren't click and buy, that are largely or completely bespoke to each customer for each order. If you're already reaching potential new customers in your home country via your website or using social media, you can, of course, do the same thing to market in another country. But there are some important provisos. If you're not, or if your service can't easily be replicated for another country, you should start by thinking of how to reimagine your business. Don't discount international. 
think of your services as products, as I was taught a long, long time ago, to productize your services. The fundamental message here is not to be selling time. Don't sell hours or days of effort. You want to be selling a finished product or a finished service. Deliver a completed service to a customer for a firm fixed price that you've negotiated. And they won't care if it took you a day or a month to do it. What that means is that you open up opportunities to deliver services more efficiently and more profitably. The ways in which you can do it are, of course, different for every business and every service. If you can't deliver the whole service to a foreign customer, try breaking it down. Break it down the processes that you carry out for customers here into smaller components and pick the ones where you're really good and really add value. That puts you in a position then to work with local partners in other countries They've established their own sales channels, but don't have the skills or service set that you have or can't do part of the job as efficiently as you can. It's essentially the same as being a parts manufacturer for cars. Instead of making and trying to sell whole cars to consumers, you sell perhaps the controls that you specialize in and the bits that have the greatest value to local manufacturers in other countries. In the same way, if you're, say, a solicitor's, you wouldn't easily be able to sell most of your services in another country. But if you've developed a very efficient setup for managing and processing legal data, you may be able to sell those services to law firms in other countries. If that approach doesn't sound likely to you, let me assure you, it does work. A huge number of businesses that don't sell internationally could do this. You just need to start with a concept, knowledge of your own business, and imagination. Once you know what you want to sell, it's time to look at how to market it. Let's go back to digital, meaning everything from websites to social media to videos and podcasts is definitely the way to go. It's easy to get started and straightforward to adapt to international markets. But as I said before, just using the same marketing, the same media may not work at all and certainly won't get the best results. Adaptation is essential. Firstly, even if it's an English-speaking country, the culture won't be the same. And that's really important. Even in Australia and New Zealand, probably the English-speaking countries most culturally similar to the UK, people think differently, have different priorities, and use and react to digital media differently. Even the language is subtly different. You can't assume and you mustn't assume that the marketing approach that works for you here will work everywhere else. Yet, sadly, that's what most businesses do. Some succeed. But really, they never achieve the same results as if they'd adapted to the culture. The media that you use needs to be appropriate for your new market. It's not just language. Pictures and colors that appeal to markets here may turn off audiences in other countries. Your target customers here may be those who look regularly at, say, Instagram or LinkedIn. But in another country, those Media may be rarely used, with people looking at different networks instead. They'll be looking at something. In the lockdowns around the world, the common theme is that people have been spending more and more time, and often most of their days, online. But they've been doing it differently in different countries. The media platforms may be international, but they're not equally popular in every country. How do you adapt? And how can you market effectively and economically? without the need to spend a fortune with agencies and designers. There are some really good digital agencies who can make both local and international digital marketing possible for SMEs at an affordable cost. 
They work with networks of contacts in many countries. They'll work together, develop a strategy and the content to go with it, and test it out with representatives of your potential market in that other country. Even if they don't know someone who's the right market, they'll know someone who knows someone. Even before that, they can work with you to refine the service product that you're best placed to sell and help you make it perfect for your new market. Importantly, you'll also need your new digital agency friends to have a reliable and accurate methodology for tracking success and failure. You need to know how many of the right people see your message and how they react. They'll need to be nimble, adapt to make the message more effective, reach more of those right people so that you see the sales and you see the profit. There's a lot of ways to grow internationally. Right now, the way forward is to exploit digital media as a means to reach markets around the world. It's easier than you may think, but it's got to be done right. If you're interested, I recommend you start by asking for advice from others. A lot of it comes for free, mine included. Feel free to get in touch with me, or if you want to know more about digital marketing, with my friend Vinicius at Binks Digital. Until next time, stay safe and think international. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and this podcast. I really welcome your comments and also suggestions for future conversations. We post new content every week, so please do click on the subscribe button and follow this, the Growth Through International Expansion podcast. You can also find the transcript, other articles and detailed resources relating to this episode on our website, growinternational.org. There, you can also join as a member for future updates and find all our other articles, videos and podcasts and benefit from other features, including free consultations and independent online advice. Again, that's www.growinternational.org. Until next time, this is Oliver Dowson wishing you success and reminding you that international expansion may be easier than you may think. Mm-hmm.